Cheers! Welcome, Welcome to, to Let's, Let's Have, Have a Kiki, Kiki with Movie Bitches. Special Christmas episode. Tonight we are going to be reading from Stocking Stuffers. Oh yes. The book that we were given in a mail time of gay erotic Christmas tales. <laughs> That's what it says. We'll put the cover up. The image. It's pretty great. On an Instagram maybe. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to give you an option. Do you want Season's Greetings, The Story of O. Henry, or The Gifts of the Leatherman. You know, I... That's the full title, by the way. The gift... Wait, wait. The Story of O. Henry, The Gifts of the Leatherman is the whole title? The title is The Story of O. Henry, comma, or, comma, The Gifts oh. of the Leatherman. Well, there's no choice. I mean, that's O. Henry. Hello? Okay, because then the last one was Lumberjack was the, uh, the other option. No, no, no. Oh, oh, Henry it is. I'm sure it's going to be like, oh, Henry. So get your cup of hot tea or hot cocoa and sit down by the fireside and just imagine Andrew on a bearskin rug with a hat. I'm just setting the scene. I'm just setting the scene, you know. Set the scene, yes. Maybe get your pearls to clutch because I feel like, you know, it is erotic gay fiction. This might be not safe for children, by the way. Oh, dear. I don't know. I have not read it, so I, I do not know. The Story of O. Henry, or The Gifts of the Leathermen, by Simon Shepard. $187. That was all the ready cash Jim and Dell had between them, and Christmas was on its way. Since Master Jim's corporation had downsized, he's had to take a promotion and pay cut. Master what? Jim? Ma- How do you Master take a promotion? Well, that's already, yes. Okay, first flag. But also, um, how do you take a promotion and a pay cut? Um, They gave you the promotion and said, we're only giving you the promotion if you take a pay cut? Because <laughs> we're going under? I guess. Maybe there'll be a Christmas right? deadline. We're, you have more work to do and we're paying you less. Merry Christmas. And times for him and his slave Dell had been tough. Oh, Now wait. the holidays were coming. Is it Dell or uh-huh. Dale? I said his slave, D-E-L, Del. Del. Great, okay. Now the holidays were coming and all the cash in the house came to $187. And the bills from the gym, the cable TV company, and their internet service provider were yet to be paid. Okay, I was going to say, like a weird list of things, when but... <laughs> was this written? First I was like, wait, was this written in like the 80s? So like that would be a feasible amount to pay for those things. And then it said the internet provider, and it threw me for a loop. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, obviously, they're not going to Equinox, because the $187 wouldn't cover that. Um, Let alone the cable TV and the internet service provider. Yeah. I don't know. You gotta bundle it. It's a weird list. You gotta bundle it. Exactly. Exactly. You gotta bundle and save. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Master Jim. Bundle it up. Maybe that's how Slave Dell will serve him. He'll, you know, bundle. (laughs) Slave Dell sat at home, naked and disconsolate. He'd finished cleaning the dungeon and polishing his oh. master's boots, and now he had time to think. Well, now I'm like, Christmas wait, they're be... paying for an apartment <laughs> that has a dungeon. How much is that costing? Well, you know, the mortgage, I don't know. Maybe they're out in the <laughs> wilderness somewhere. It wasn't very expensive. I don't know. 
You just don't hear people having dungeons all the time. So I'm just wondering. Okay. It's true. Christmas would be here in two days and he hadn't bought a present for his master. Uh-oh. He knew what he wanted to get him, of course. A black leather jacket. The black leather jacket to replace the one that had been stolen. Uh-oh. <gasps> They'd been at a play party in October when the theft occurred. Master Jim had been magnificent in his full leathers. Form-fitting chaps, gleaming studded harness, knee-high boots, and black leather motorcycle jacket. A matched outfit all made by the Leather Man, the city's best purveyor of fine leather goods. They'd cost a pretty penny, all bought in the days when Master Jim was still a highly paid executive with his own custom-furnished office, an impossibly cute office boy. The jacket had been stolen while Dell, naked but for his broad leather collar, had been firmly bound to a St. Andrew's cross. His master had been working him over with a brutal single-tailed whip, raising welts and bringing forth cries of ecstasy. I'm sorry, he was tied to a cross? Mm -hmm. A a St. Andrew's cross cross is like a a type of, a specific type of, um, yeah. Things to be tied to? It's like, yeah, it's like a cross, and then you're tied up, and then your arms are out, and your legs, I think, are also down like a cross oh, or okay. maybe so it's they're like a very specific spread. thing okay great that i just don't know about it's basically think of jesus and then okay. whip jesus while on the cross and i think that's mostly what you're going for oh my yeah yeah oh no it's a big x i just i just googled it so it's like a big old okay x. there you go okay so, so spread you're like, spread leg jesus oh oh i should put my safe <laughs> search on okay so anyway yes oh no <laughs> It was warm for October, and taking his boy to his limits was hard work for Jim. Much harder than it had been when they'd signed the contract and Dell's limits had been much lower. Master Jim had worked up a sweat. He'd laid down the whip for a moment and peeled off his shining leather jacket, folding it carefully and placing it in a corner near the cross. He'd picked up the whip again, stood just behind his slave and pressed his bulging leather cock pouch into his boy's butt. Are you ready for more? He had whispered into Del's ear. The first cock pouch really came, got me. Whoa. Yeah, right? I, I, that stuck out to me, too. Into his boy's butt. It, was, it wasn't the most elegant of sentences. Let's just say that. No. Del had turned to look at his master. His eyes were filled with love, tears, and respect. Oh, yes, sir. Please, sir. Intently, raptly, as an eagle, Master Jim had aimed the whip's stinging tail at his slave's aching, bleeding flesh. Ooh, sorry, that was a lot. Uh, The wounds, holy as stigmata, made his boy's broad, muscled back even more beautiful. Again and again, he had brought Del to the point where the slave thought, no, Del knew he couldn't take it anymore. Master Jim would back off, let the boy catch his breath, then started in again, taking them both to new peaks, higher plateaus, a mountain range of ecstasy. A Kilimanjaro, if you will. Oh, yes, yeah, it's his own Everest. When it was over and Master Jim had unshackled Dell and gathered him into his embrace, he glanced over Dell's shoulder at the corner where he'd laid his jacket. The corner was empty. The jacket <gasps> was gone. Dun, dun, dun. No one in the crowd had seen anything. They'd all been watching Jim and Dell. The thief was never found. Jim had taken up wearing an older jacket, well broken in, 
but nowhere near as magnificent as the one he'd lost. And for months, Dell had been longing to be able to buy his master a replacement. And now, Christmas, the time for exchanging gifts, was near. The slave boy knelt on the carpet, remembering the scene, the feel of the lash. His dick was hard, pulsing up against his belly. Unable to afford a new jacket for his master, Slave Dell was sad. And he did what he did often when he was sad, reaching down to his cock for consolation. Is that like, is a depression um, wank really a thing? Well, my, my bigger question was, their sex room is carpeted? No. That is oh, a, no. a big no. That's a bigger, That's bigger problem. Yeah. <laughs> I had mm-hmm. to be troubling. Yeah. Oh, God. Guess, Ooh, it's um, got to be gross, right? Yeah. I mean, he's talking about all the blood and stuff. You know, Maybe the carpet is somewhere else and he was just remembering in his own mind. He's sure. up on the carpet, like the bearskin rug up in the main house now. And he's well, like, that would have been oh, a good gosh. detail to add in, but. True. Well, you know, I didn't write it. I did not. I did not write this. <laughs> Um, I feel like what? that's maybe important to constantly remind everyone <laughs> I did not write this. <laughs> Dell felt fortunate. The terms of his contract with Master Jim permitted him to masturbate in his master's absence as long as he thought only of Master Jim and as long as he was fully ready to service his master on his return. It was only 2 o'clock and Master Jim wasn't due back till 5.30. He'd have no trouble getting it up again by then. He'd be more than ready. Stroking his cock with his right hand, Dell reached up to his nipple ring with his left, tugging at it, sending delicious jolts of sensation through his tit. His teat. tit's fine. His teat. His teat I said tit, tit, but I like teat. Is Who is teat, teat the singular and tit is? No, that's also singular. No, yeah, I guess a teat is more animal, or maybe a teat for is like male, suckling. And a tit is female. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Either way, tits is fine. Tits is fine. It felt so good, he let go of his stiff, slightly curved dick and grabbed hold of his other nipple, working his nipple flesh against the thick gold rings. He thought of his master, working his tits so hard they burned, slipping ropes through the rings, stretching his flesh, making him feel so very, very good. His hands let go of the precious rings, moved down over his lean belly, down to his warm, shaved crotch. Precious because they were, um, like, precious metals? I guess. They were gold, and also they were precious to him. <laughs> Maybe it was a, a, a nod to Lord of the Rings. They were his precious Or rings. five gold rings. Gold rings. I, I don't know. It is Christmas, after all. I, yeah. It is Christmas. Yeah, exactly. They were. There's only yeah. two gold rings, but maybe... After Master Jim arrives and gives him his Christmas present. I mean, he could probably I, find I a couple of holes for three more, you know. Oh, boy. You picked a, a raunchy one. Well, I I picked O. Henry because that makes a promise of some sort of surprise or unexpected ending. Uh, so I was excited. And um, it'll be something, something <laughs> will happen, you know. I want to know what happens to Dell. Okay. Well, we, we are yet to find out. So far, he's still just fondling himself. Yes, indeed, on carpet. Uh, Yes, his left wandering down over his big balls. The sweaty... His sweaty (laughs) balls. Those sweaty balls. The sweaty ridge between his legs down to the comforting wet heat of his hole. Oh my god, it's so much. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) The comforting wet 
Oh boy. Okay. Oh my. Oh, we're getting more. He's really. He, he's really um, equipped. Fully equipped. He squeezed his dickhead against the metal of his oh. Prince Albert. So we have fully pierced, dilated hole. There's lots going on. Prince, Prince Albert is. I just know as like Prince Albert in a can. So wait, is that like a dick ring? Yes. What's Prince Albert in a can? Prince Albert is. There's like a thing where you go. It was like a prank phone call thing. Um, oh. Prince Albert is like on a can of something. And then people would call mm-hmm. and say, do you have Prince Albert in a can? And they would go, well, yes, I do. And then you'd say, well, you better let him out. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. Uh, well, yes, a Prince Albert is also a piercing at the tip of your, your penis. Oh, oh, it's it's tobacco. Prince Albert in a can is a type of tobacco. Oh, so interesting. Okay. Um, okay. Okay, so, you know, there's different uh, ways to interpret um, what is happening in the story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the chunky ring through his dickhead wasn't gold, like his nipple rings. So he see, he only had two gold rings. So it was precious. Gold rings. It was precious. His master had been demoted before he'd brought him... Oh, so now it's demoted. It was promoted, now it's demoted. Hmm. His master had been demoted before he'd bought him a pure gold replacement for the surgical steel ring. Still, the piercing was fun to play with. To play with hard. <laughs> I like to play baseball. Hard. <laughs> a pearly drop of pre-cum glistened where the ring oh, entered his piss slit. Wow. This is... <laughs> yep. Graphic. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We're going to have to put a disclaimer picked... on this episode. Yeah, this one's definitely explicit. I don't know if Apple's even going to let us put it up, in all honesty. I mean, I, I guess, guess if you could... can have Belinda blinked, what's the difference? Yeah, absolutely. Slave Dell pressed his finger up into his butt, drew it out <laughs> to cover it with spit, then slid two fingers all the way in. It was, of course, his master's hole. Of course. But of course. As his fingers plunged in and out, in and out... He was grateful for the loan. The loan? His his master was loaning his hole to him to play with. Oh, right, because he, the contract. Okay, great, yes. He was working his dick with his whole hand now, his long (laughs) foreskin almost engulfing cockhead and ring, then peeling back again to reveal shiny, swollen flesh. Wow. I just... um, There's a lot less... That's a um, lot. Like, what's going on with the leather jacket, Del? (laughs) What's the plan for that, Del? He has to go earn this jacket somehow, you know? Right, but he can't use um, his, seemingly, his best skills, I think, because he's contractually... I guess that's true, right? They are are contractually owned and, and not loanable without maybe express permission? Unclear. It was something of an effort when he was this close to spewing spunk. Oh, oh boy. To keep his mind only on his master... Not to think of those other men he'd seen and desired, but was not permitted to touch. It was an effort, but he made the effort, and he succeeded, more or less. And he was glad he did. His fingers hooked back to give his prostate a jolt. He closed his eyes, murmured his master's name, and shot a creamy load from his stiff cock. From the slit where the silvery ring lazily glittered, it's so um clinical. Talking of prostates and piss 
bracelets, you know. Is that sexy? I don't know. I, I am not finding it to be so, but someone can. And that's it, not for me to yuck someone else's yums. No, but pr- I don't know. Prostate, that just really doesn't... I don't know if anyone finds that an appealing word, a sexy word. Sure. Jesus. Okay, it goes on for a, a bit longer. Oh, Ten my. more pages. I feel like we picked the wrong story. Ten more pages of just this. Yeah. Wait, so what's the surprise? I'm going ahead. Um, you know, I don't know. I might say maybe we we scrap this one. Yeah, I think we maybe should have done the lumberjack. Oh boy. I mean at the end of, of this one, there's a sentence once I started my feverish rhythm on his pecker, he jumped into the action himself. Oh, that's the end? <laughs> no, this is in the middle of, of the uh I'm giving away the the lumberjack where it goes but oh i was gonna say pecker didn't seem like this author's style no 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 that was not the end the end he lays out the chaps oh he wants to buy that jacket chopping vegetables for gazpacho this is december gazpacho's not in season (laughs) what are we talking about you know australia or something maybe they're in somewhere yeah, I love that. Actually, that would be peak tomato season, right? Maybe they have a hot house. Oh yes, the hot house and dungeon. It yeah. must be uh, a spacious yeah, a... castle that they live <laughs> That's in. That's the case. He rushed to the to the door and knelt on the carpet, face downturned, hands clasped behind his back. The door opened. Master Jim stood before him. Wordlessly, he untied and pulled off his master's shoes peeled off the dress socks, and kissed his master's warm, moist feet. Okay, Mm, they lost me at moist feet. I'm sorry. Did he, another man's property, have of his own to sell? Not even his body was his own. Only the piercing rings his master had given him as a symbol of his servitude. The rings. An idea came to Dell. The contract permitted him... Is the O the rings? Ooh, his O ring. Maybe. the O. Yeah. Yeah. So it seems like he's going to sell his rings. And then at 4.30, dinner was well underway. I guess if he's like what? making a, a big dinner, takes a while. A gazpacho. Yeah, well, gazpacho a gazpacho? Or take. I'm confused. That's got to refrigerate overnight. <laughs> okay, here we are. What happened to your nipple rings, boy? His voice sounded cruel, baffled. And hurt all at once. Dell winced. <gasps> Tears came to his eyes. Please don't be angry, sir. I did it for you, master. Please let me explain. I'm waiting. Then he says, Merry Christmas, and he gives him a new jacket. I sold my nipple rings so that I'd be able to afford it. I understand. Aww. And then I guess at some point we missed that the, the chaps had disappeared. He's like, I what have to tell you. all this leather disappearing? Disappearing, right? <laughs> anyway, he's like, your chaps, sir, he stammered. Ah, yes, perhaps I should have told you, so you wouldn't be concerned. Like you, boy, I couldn't afford the gift I wanted to give you, so I sold the chaps and used the money to buy you this. Oh, a gold dick ring. Yep. He reached out into his jacket pocket and pulled out a small, gaily wrapped box. Del tore away the red and green paper. box? I know, gaily, I don't know. Just in a happy way, like a cheerful box. Yeah. Inside lay a thick gold ring, beautifully wrought. A ring for his dick. A ring that perfectly matched the <laughs> rings that were no longer his. 
Merry Christmas, oh, boy. Henry. Oh, thank you, sir. <laughs> thank you. Oh, my God. There's still more to come. Do, do, do. Okay, he whips him again. I'll be right back, he said, and left the dungeon. And within a minute, the electronic music that had for hours throbbed over the dungeon speakers were replaced by the chanting of nuns singing hymns of praise written by a 12th century French abbess. Dell had thought he couldn't go any higher and deeper, but the ineffably gorgeous music made his spirit soar, rising on the wings of angels to a paradise of devotion and bliss. It was late on the night before Christmas now, the time for Santa Claus to come and deliver his gifts. But Dell, the Wait, good little slave boy... before Christmas. Yeah, they did, I guess. I don't know. But Dell, the good little slave boy, knew that, for him, Santa was already there. Why didn't he say Santa had already came? Wouldn't that be... Yeah, he came. That just makes perfect sense. Ugh. I can't believe he didn't say that Santa came early this year. Right? Hello? Hello. <laughs> Missed opportunities. That's why they open their presents early. Right? What? Oh, boy. Well, um, that was something. That was something. I mean, I'm not... I, I think there might be better stories in here for us to, to try. You know, Christmas in the Apple by Felice Picano. Christmas in the Apple? Christmas in the Apple. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's no such thing as a good gay erotic Christmas story in this Oh, book. I don't think that's true. At least in this Maybe book. In I don't know. Maybe in this collection. Yeah. In this collection. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh. Well, well um, you know, that was uh, something... Yeah. Cheers. Merry Christmas. <laughs> I don't know. Is there another one we should try out that maybe might be um, um, better written? <laughs> well, I doubt that. But um, we could try. How about the next one is <laughs> Christmas in the Apple. It's actually Xmas, but in it. Uh, not the big apple, well, just I'm, the I'm, apple. I'm intrigued. Okay. The electric blue of the jukebox is the same flashing cobalt of the spotlighted metallic wreath hanging over the head of the bartender at the eagle's nest. It is also the same neon blue of the tight-fitting t-shirt on the raven-haired number Ned Houseman has been cruising for the last hour and a half. It's 2.15 a.m. Christmas Day, and Ned doesn't want to go home alone. It doesn't seem as though the number is ready, however. Now he's talking to friends who have just come into the nest. The bar is otherwise pretty empty, or just as bad as empty as far as Ned is concerned. Since he's either bald with, rejected, or been rejected by everyone else in the place who even vaguely interests him. Ned's a little high from the six Budweiser's he's put down since his arrival, with help from two quarters of a quaalude in between to keep his act calm. My goodness. Did this story take place in the 80s? I would hope so. Right? Ned Houseman is 26 years old and has been living in New York City for two years. He works for a paperback reprint house, so yes, definitely not current day. So, the 80s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where he's somewhere in the middle management, doing marketing. A job he doesn't like and wasn't hired for originally back in St. Louis. There, when he signed a contract with the employment scout for the publishing house, he thought he'd finally be getting to do something his graduate studies had prepared him for. Editing books. Like everything else in his recent life, the job turned out to be delusory and disappointing. He's found it hard meeting people in New York. Found it equally hard making friends found it especially difficult getting used to the high-energy activity level and inbred elitist social life of the gays he's met so far. But here at the Nest, at least, he can be more himself, more relaxes. I think that must have been relaxed. Huh? 
It must be more he relaxed. He's a book editor for himself. <laughs> for himself. More relaxed, slower, more mellow. Even if he has to calm himself down with a cue now and then. Not that it seems to be helping tonight. The numbers friends go to the pool table, chalking their names up on the board for what will probably be the last game of the night. The number looks toward Ned, and Ned makes his move. His opening line is banal, but so what? The guy responds with an equally banal follow-up. They stare at each other, then away again. Right. Ned asks how the number's drink is. Fine, says it's slow in the nest tonight. The number agrees. Even goes so far as to compare the number's shirt to the wreath, an offhand compliment that seems to take nicely. At least he doesn't move away. But the chemistry is off between them and they both know it. So after a few minutes of conversational leads from both ends that go nowhere, the number says, See you! And saunters over to the pool table and his friends. And that's that. Ned splits the place. I'm just glad we don't have to hear him call him the number anymore. I know, right? Jesus. Ned splits the place. Not even anyone out on the street in front of the nest. Cabs waiting, however, a line of them. They know the place will close in 20 minutes. Ned stands for a minute, wondering whether he ought to check out the spike on the next block, or even the ramrod downtown in the village. There's always the baths, or the mine shaft. They'll go on all night. But it isn't sex Ned really wants tonight, but companionship. And the chances of finding that in the tubs or down on his hands and knees on a urine-stained floor aren't too promising. Oh. I know. Wait, the tubs? What's that? I think he means, like, the baths, right? The bathhouse is the tubs, maybe? Oh, oh, like a bathhouse. That's what I would... Yes, that tracks. Yeah, because they listed the baths and then bathtub, tubs. That's a logical guess. Yes. This must be the 80s. It must be the 80s. I mean, cabs, Avril. Uh, He gets into the first cab... (laughs) Although it's New York. It's New York. That's fair. But, you know. He gets into the first cab in the line, doesn't even see the driver until he's halfway home, uptown, along deserted 10th Avenue. That's when the cabbie slides the open little window separating driver and passenger and says something ned has to lean forward to make out his words the driver he sees is 50-ish middle-aged gone to fat with a scruffy black beard and glasses no luck tonight in the nest the driver asks ned thinks he's just making conversation no he answers the driver flips on the inside lights so ned can see the front seat better can see that the driver is holding a considerably fat hard on in his free hand slapping it against the lower rim of the steering wheel wow that would be you'd have to really lean in there to yeah to 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 take a look or it's just so big that he can see it from from far away you know maybe yeah i mean if he's hitting it against the lower rim of the steering wheel you know my goodness you want to swing on this for a while i'll pull over into a side street before ned can even realize what the driver said the cabbie adds i'll pay for your ride home no thanks Ned manages to say and falls back in the seat. He wonders if the cabbie is a nutcase and should he get out right there. What are the chances of finding a cab on 10th Avenue and 49th Street at this hour? Ned pops the other half of the quaalude into his mouth. It tastes awful without something to wash it down. Hey man, no hard feelings, the cabbie says when they arrive at Ned's address. No hard feelings, Ned says hurriedly, stuffing fare and a tip into the little change box between them. I'll go back down to the nest now, the driver says, in what Ned would have to call a leering whisper. I'll find me a taker there tonight, you'll see. <laughs> hey, thanks. Merry Christmas. Uh, okay. What? I don't Wait, know. Did I Ned guess just thank the man that, like, took his dick out and said, I'll, like, pay for your ride if you ride me? Uh, no, the driver thanked Ned for the tip, but just the tip. Great. Okay, great. Just the tip. <laughs> yep. Ned gets into the building foyer just as the quaalude really hits him. 
He gets through the glass doors in time to see the cab turn around and drive off. He drags himself over to the elevator, spaces out waiting for it to arrive, finally climbs in, gets out at his floor, manages to get the keys to turn into his apartment, and falls on his bed fully clothed. Better than last year, Ned thinks. He passed out in an orgy at a complete stranger's house last Christmas. Jesus! How he hates the holidays in New York. Maybe with the cue, he'll be able to sleep right through this one. And that's it. Ned. That's it. That's the whole thing? That was the story. Not very erotic and um, kind of depressing in all honesty. That was highly depressing and not erotic in any way. How sad. (laughs) Yeah. He should have gone back to St. Louis for Christmas. I guess so, right? He could have had a little time with Judy Garland. Oh. Wait, so what was that called? Christmas in the apple? In the apple. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that's a quaalude thing? That seemed like a very personal experience. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Um, well, you know, maybe I'll pre-read one and we can try again next year. (laughs) Yeah, maybe we do that. Although, I mean, now that O. Henry story is sounding pretty good, right? Yeah, right? Gosh, the first (laughs) one is called Pink Santa Claus. We probably should have started with that. Oh, now that is intriguing. (laughs) Okay, well, you gotta wait till next year. Well, um, thanks for joining us on this strange, um... Christmas journey that we yeah. find ourselves on, full yes. of cock rings and quaaludes. Um, <laughs> that is an album title, if I've yeah. ever heard one. Yes! That's <laughs> or like a, a memoir. Final Tap album cover. Cock rings and quaaludes. Love oh my it. God. <laughs> oh boy. Well, cheers. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas!